Welcome to Old Town New World. We're here in Old Town Rock Hill, South Carolina in Millstone Pizza. I'm Jason Broadwater and we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of Small Town USA. Yeah, okay. Okay, so today I'm very happy to announce our guest. Um, first of all, as always, we have with us uh, Silent Micah. Say hello, Silent Micah. Well said, well said, all right. We also have with us today a very special guest, new to our community, in a very important position in this community. We have Dan, Dr. Dan Mahoney, who's the new president of Winthrop University. Hello, Dan. Hi, nice to be here. Great, great, we're glad you're here. Um, so, before we get into the amazing week that Winthrop's having with this democratic stuff, and you know, it's just pretty amazing, let's go way back and talk about you for a minute. So, um, you know, we can do it in, in, let's start with reverse order here and talk, how did you come to Rock Hill, where did you come from? Most recently I was at Kent State, I was a Dean of the College of Education, Health and Human Services for about seven years. Okay, Dean of Health and Human Services. Education, Health and Human Services. Education, Health and Human Services. Okay, great, so how was your experience there? Very good. I enjoyed being at Kent State. I was fortunate to be there at a time where the university was growing. We went from about 36,000 students to 42,000. Wow, yeah. uh, so it was a big growth period, but also a, a good period for the community as well. There was a lot of town-gown uh, opportunities there. The downtown really dramatically changed during the period I was there. So town-gown is an expression of the community working with the university yes. together. Okay. Yeah, and there was a lot of that going on, which had not actually been the tradition in Kent. Uh, there had actually, after the shootings in 1970, there was actually almost a break between the community and the university. And wow. so for years, there was a real struggle to get the two working together. But uh, we had a new president come in a couple years before I got there, and, and he started to change that, and the new city manager, and they, they worked really well together, which benefited both the university and the community. And that's a pretty big nationally known success story, I mean, yeah. the Kent revitalization. Yeah, yeah, we got uh, attention from a lot of, the, I think it was Wall Street Journal, and a lot of them did kind of front page stories on that, yeah. that revitalization of downtown. And living there was pretty dramatic. I mean, if you see the before and after pictures, it's, it's pretty overwhelming. So that's, I mean, amazingly pertinent to what's going on in Rock Hill. I mean, is that part of why you were courted uh, to come here? You know, I think it's one of the things that came up um, as I was interviewing. And certainly one of the things that was uh, attractive to me was the, what I was seeing as the growth around the campus and the potential uh, in the Knowledge Park area seemed to me to be very similar to some of the potential that we had in Kent. And so I thought my experiences there would be valuable. I just had to convince the people here that they yeah, right. would be valuable. But, <laughs> well, uh, but from my, yeah. Yeah, but my, from my perspective, yeah, I thought that having that experience, even if I wasn't the one driving it the way the president was there, I was yeah. involved enough to know what they did. That's great. But I mean, gosh, 40,000 students is a lot more than what, what, nine ever at Winter? We like have that? about 6,000. Six, okay, yeah. yeah, so that's a big difference, right? Yeah, actually yeah. my college at uh, Kent State alone, just my, when I was one of about 10 colleges, had about 5,700 students. Oh, so wow. we were yeah. almost as big as Winthrop, just wow. as one college, yeah. Very interesting, it, It's and Kent State's old, right? Yeah, it started, uh, not as old as Winthrop, okay. started in 1910. Uh, but it's similar history in that it was a normal school, so it was a school for uh, developing teachers, oh, okay. and all, all women initially, um, although it was not an all-women school for very long, but it, initially it was. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so before Kent State, yes. where were you? I was at the University of Louisville for 13 years. So uh, 13 years. Yeah, I started there. That was my first uh, tenure-track faculty position. 
Um, but I moved through, I was a program coordinator, department chair, associate dean, associate provost, had a lot of different administrative roles as well. So you were, but you were also teaching? Yes. And what were you teaching? I was a sport management professor. So Say that again? Sport management. Sport management. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So basically it's business applied to sports organizations. So I would teach finance, um, organizational behavior, uh, but I also got to, in sport management programs, teach a little sociology and, and yeah, history. Of history of college sports was one of my favorite ones to teach. Wow. Well, I mean, sports are a big part of uh, colleges and universities. So, I mean, I know um, we, before we started this, you were just talking about that you, you've, you're kind of looking at what you may do with the sports at Winthrop. I mean, yeah. what, what kind of process is that? We have a, actually a few consultants on campus just the next couple of days who are interviewing everybody. They're talking with people who work in the athletic department, the athletic director, and, and all the staff, coaches, um, student athletes, um, talking with uh, community people, uh, those who contribute to the program, and, and getting a good assessment of where the program is and where we might be able to get better. Great. And I mean, we got all kinds of ideas I've heard thrown out there. I've heard about, you know, people talk about in Knowledge Park, that could be a indoor volleyball thing. Of course, there's the long-standing, you know, argument around football and is football good or bad, you know, for the community and for Winthrop and all that. So, and then with all these kind of what people, I guess, call alternative sports that are happening in Rock Hill mm -hmm. with biking and yeah. even things like Quidditch, which is from Harry Potter and all that. It seems like Rock Hill really has a sports tourism reputation. I mean, you think Winthrop is and should be a core part of that? Oh, absolutely, and we've already had some discussions. We were talking before about some of the groups that we're putting together to coordinate different activities, and one of those is actually specifically related to the BMX uh, World Championships in 2017. So we've got a, a, I wanted to put together a working group that could work with the people who are putting that event on and find ways that Winthrop can participate. Uh, that may be students interning or volunteering. It may be faculty doing research on the economic impact. There's lots of ways I think we could be part of that. So before that? Before that, I actually spent one year at the University of Oklahoma um, when I was uh, finishing my doctorate. I was a visiting professor there for a year, uh, and before that, I was getting my doctorate at Ohio State. Ohio State. Yeah. Huh. Which also had uh, some shootings, didn't it? Uh, I don't think Ohio's... The Neil Young uh, song, wasn't that from Ohio State? That was, that was Kent State. Oh, that was Kent State. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Gosh, yeah, yeah. okay. So did Neil Young come and hang out with you guys at Kent State? Or? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but they actually do. It's interesting. Every year on May 4th, which was the day of the shooting, they do different events. And a lot of the people who were associated with it do come back. And really? so wow. even the young woman who was in the famous picture, um, she, she came back one year. The guy who took that picture came back one year. Wow, uh, a number of the students who were shot and injured but not killed come back. Um, so it's a, a big day every year at Kent State. Huh. So then where did you do your... Before that, like your master's and your undergrad. Yeah, right? my master's. I actually worked. Uh, I worked in college athletics for a while before I went to Cincinnati. Or before I went to Ohio State at the University of Cincinnati. Before that, I got my master's at West Virginia University. Okay. And my undergraduate was in accounting um, from Virginia Tech, and I worked actually for Pete Marwick in Washington D.C. after graduation. Oh wow! Very so cool. Yeah. I had a few careers. So you had so accounting, and then your master's was what again? I'm sorry. Sport management. Sport management. Okay. And then your yeah. PhD was sport management. Yeah. Okay. And then you taught sports management. Yes. And then you became a dean, got an administrative experience, started, I guess, appreciating that side of the yeah. of the role, and then um, have just kind of grown in that side. So I guess 
the pinnacle of that is to be the president of the university. Yeah, that's, and not, not everybody wants to reach the pinnacle. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's a, a, a lot of pressure, and some people decide to stop somewhere along the route. But yeah. uh, for me, that was always the thing that, uh, somewhere along the way, I think during the, my time as dean, I thought I'd, I would like to be university president. Well, congratulations Thank you. on being university president. And we're glad you're the president of our university here in this town. So we've got high hopes. Did, can you feel when you came in that everybody's kind of like, all right, Dan, yeah. <laughs> this is big, man. You know, I mean, how does it feel? To yeah, it's 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 good. It's uh, you do feel a little bit of pressure. It's like you don't want to you know mess things up. You want to do a good job, but yeah. uh, but I think that's it's good pressure. You you really, I get excited about all the things that we can do. But it takes some time. To, we're going through a strategic planning process now. Of really clearly articulating what our direction is and then developing all the strategies to get us there. And, yeah. and so you want to take some time, and I've been doing a lot of listening, uh, yeah. getting a lot of input. Um, but the, the good thing is actually the when you talk with people, the things, the positive things, and as well as the negative things come out pretty consistently. And so I, I think we all kind of know where we are and what issues we have, and, and I think just developing a clear outline of where we're going will be yeah. important. Well, I just, you know, always, regardless of the organization, when you kind of take the reins of a large organization. It seems like you have to do a lot of listening or you are immediately, you know, uh, rub people the wrong way is that you're just coming in and not listening to what's going on. Right. But then, of course, the flip side of that is if people don't see something happen that's right. tangible soon, they start saying, well, I don't know what he's doing over there. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, so how does a leader, just in your experience, balance those conflicting forces. Yeah. And that's why when we developed the uh, strategic planning group, we also put together a number of working groups that were designed in some ways to say, are there things that we can do a little bit more quickly relative to X, Y, or Z issue that we don't need to wait a whole year for a developed strategic plan, but this is something kind of more the low-hanging fruit. We can do this now and start to make some progress. And so uh, we are looking to try to do some of those. And we have done already a few things oh, just okay. from input we've gotten. So you get some visible wins. Right move the thing forward, but then you're building on the larger strategy. Right. That's great. So um, <clears throat> we were very pleased, I say we, uh, the folks that are involved in revitalizing downtown and Knowledge Park Project and all this stuff, very pleased with your experience at Kent and then your attitude towards mm -hmm. this town and gown mm -hmm. that you, you say. Um, so, you know, we've kind of had an undefined... Uh, role for Winthrop in the Knowledge Park program because uh, our, our initiative because it kind of had to happen without it you know because um, DiGiorgio had some big ideas but then he retired and right. then you know we went through some difficult times there not really having Winthrop's participation and then you're here want to participate have been very on board listening do you have an idea of Winthrop's role in Knowledge Park. Yeah, I think it's at this point to try to look at all the different opportunities and and not, there's been a lot of discussion about different things and we've had probably four or five different proposals of ways or places we can get involved. I think it's just looking at where can we make a contribution to what's going on or where can we partner with people and hopefully find a few win-wins where it's good for us, it's good for the uh, city, it's good for the Knowledge Park area. Uh, but all of that takes a little bit of time, yeah. and, and it's, you know, it's one of the things I found with Kent. Uh, one of the key contributions that the university made there, and it was the University Foundation, is they built a hotel in the downtown. It was built and operated by the foundation. That took us two years 
to work out the details on that. But that was a key piece to all of it. And so I think finding the different key pieces where we can be part of it is, you know, is important. You get time, you know, they think, oh, well, yeah. a hotel popped up and, no, yeah, and they, exactly. well, yeah. not really. Yeah. Yeah, I was there for it all. And it, yeah. it, it was a lot of back and forth and trying to figure out a way that, and, and in ultimately, Spending more time, uh, we were able to find the right opportunities, the right financing, everything that made it financially feasible for the university foundation. So what do you think about the streetcar? Yeah, I think that that's certainly one of the things they've talked about with the streetcar is its permanence and its uh, benefits to economic development. And I think the, the key thing is we want to see economic development in that area. And if that's what we decide to do or what the community decides to do, then I think that's great. Um, but I think there needs to be some commitment to doing things that will enhance the economic development and make people want to be in that part of town. Yeah. And so yeah. I, whether that's the right thing, I think, that, again, that's a town council decision, not mine ultimately, right. but I think we need to do some things to make sure that people know that there's a commitment to develop that part of town. Um, I remember uh, right before Dr. DiGiorgio retired, he had made a statement that was a pretty bold statement to this group, the Knowledge Park group, and he had said, you know, Winthrop has two, is it a fork in the road? Either we grow our gated community or we take down the gates and um, just kind of flow into the textile corridor and into the downtown as an integrated style university yeah. like you'd see in Charleston or something. Right. Um, do you see it that stark as a we're at a fork in the road or is it more complex, more simple, or where are you on that kind of? Yeah, it's probably, I don't know if it's necessarily a fork in the road um, or where it's in either or, I think, again, it's thinking about are there places where we can expand somewhat our campus and make sure that there's a, a smoother connection. So the, I mean, the boundaries of campus, I can't necessarily change a little bit, but then dramatically changed. But the flow between the downtown and the campus improved dramatically, and that's really what I saw. Um, and there were little things in the downtown area. We, for example, had a fashion school there. We had a fashion store that was our students' work that was sold in the downtown area. So it's little bits of presence in the downtown as well as the hotel with probably the two biggest uh, pieces of presence. Well you know there's a hotel planned for here. Have you yes. seen that? Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about that. I think that'll be a game changer. You yeah. know it's funny when I was telling my wife about the democratic stuff which I'm about to get to here she was like well I guess they're all going to stay in Charlotte because where would they stay? Mm -hmm. You know and I'm, I mean there are hotels here but right. not necessarily that you'd recommend to Hillary Clinton or yeah, Bernie yeah. Sanders. You know what I mean? Of course Hillary would probably be back on Air Force Three and you know. <laughs> flying out of here. So. Yeah. But, uh, so let's talk about this. So tell us what's happening on Friday at Winthrop. Well, it's going to be a big day all the way around. We start actually at noon uh, with Rand Paul and Tim Scott. Um, Trey Gowdy are all supposed to be there, and it's an opportunity for Rand Paul to be on campus for the first time during this presidential cycle. Uh, then Gildacop Hunter, uh, who's part one of the legislators here in South Carolina, is hosting an event in Dina's place in the DeGiorgio Center at 115 and that'll be a discussion about culture and other issues uh, in South Carolina. And then they have a panel of the different chairs of the Democratic parties in the southern states who will be doing a panel discussion. I think that starts about 4 o'clock. Um, and then after that, uh, Hardball will be out in front of Burns. I believe that's about 6 or 7 o'clock that that'll start. And then I eight the blonde-haired guy. I was saying Chris. Yeah, yeah Chris Matthews. Yeah, Chris yeah, he'll be there. And then the... So they'll all be yelling at each other out in the lawn exactly. of Burns. Yeah. <laughs> and anybody obviously can come. That probably don't need tickets for you, okay, so you can yeah. come. But And wear lots of Winthrop gear if you come. Okay, there you go. Yeah. But then at 8 o'clock is when we uh, have the form. And that'll go from 8 to 10 o'clock. And then there'll be post, I think, stuff out in front as well afterwards. So what's the forum? I mean, it's a debate. 
It's not a debate, okay. and that was one of the key things. The Democratic Party early on had declared six debates in those locations, and so when they started talking about this, they're like, "It can't be a debate." Can't use the word debate. Can't use the word debate. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's it's a form, and it is different in its format and, and unusual in some ways, but I think it could be really great. Is each candidate will be up there separately, oh, okay. so there won't be the three candidates up there together ask, answering questions. Uh, Rachel Maddow, who will be moderating it, will have them one at a time. And so it'll give her more one-on-one -on -one time with each candidate and allow her to be more probing, you know, actually, than yeah. you can sometimes do with the debate. It's almost, I mean, that, that to me seems like it would, it would um, result in less, like, accusatory back and forth right. and more folks on the issues, hopefully. Yeah, and I think that's, I've heard her talk a little bit about what she hopes to accomplish, and that's really probably what she wants to do a lot is to kind of dig deeper to the issues, really show the distinction between the different candidates and what their positions are. And I think she thinks this format will go well, but again, this is kind of unique. It's a different format. Right. Well, I imagine that um, Bernie Sanders, you know, might show up driving a smart car or in the back of a car. But I imagine that Hillary's going to show up with like Secret Service and the whole deal. I mean, yeah. is that is that accurate? Or? Oh yeah, she she has Secret Service protection, so yeah, that you know makes it a little bit more challenging. You got to figure out all of those things because if if the Secret Service says it's important, then it's important. It's important. It, that's yeah, the way that works. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. It's like watching a movie, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I was uh, meeting with EMS from the hospital, Piedmont Medical Center, on Monday. And they were talking about, just on a, a different issue, but they were talking about this event, talking about how they're doing coordination work with the federal government, with mm -hmm. state government, with local government, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's amazing to move one person around. Yeah. You have all these resources deployed to handle that, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it really has been a, a collaboration between the campus, uh, the community, and, and as well as all of those people from the Secret Service and other outside groups, the Democratic Party lots of players involved with this to make this work well so i mean it's good for winthrop right oh it's fantastic again the amount of publicity we'll get out of this uh, far exceeds our typical advertising budget right. but i was looking at uh, something and talked about one of the debates and an estimated value of that and it was a little over three million dollars and that's yeah, again exceeds what we would normally spend on advertising in a year and that's value based on the amount of exposure yeah. and okay all that stuff yeah yeah and it's it never you've seen it obviously if you've um, watch a little bit of um, MSNBC. They talk about going to Winthrop there. Oh, it's all over their website that they'll be at Winthrop. So they've been really good about having our name out there rather than just saying it's yeah. somewhere in the South. Yeah, right, yeah. And Rock Hill has been mentioned and, and Winthrop's been mentioned. Actually, uh, Rachel Maddow was on Jimmy Fallon the other day. And he, oh, cool. he talked about it going to Rock Hill, South Carolina. Really? Yeah, so wow. it's been uh, good for, I think, everybody to get that wow. kind of publicity. It's fantastic. I mean, is there anything that the general public... Um, can do to just help make this a positive for our town or for the yeah I think it's just being supportive of the day of the event and again if people come out and are um, wearing their Winthrop gear and the Rock Hill stuff and and um, welcoming to all the visitors that we'll have in town I think yeah. that would be great and just showing that good presence on television would be fantastic that's great yeah you couldn't ask for something so so but y'all have cultivated these relationships these events yeah. I mean this is not the first event of this kind that you've had no it's the first one we've had of this magnitude but we we've built up to it you're right with uh, we've had Jeff Bush on campus and Mike Huckabee on campus and Carly Farina has been on campus and I think when, the fact that those events went so well people started to have confidence that we could do something like this and so that I think has put us in the position to have this form that's great 
and I mean I guess the proximity to Charlotte yeah. doesn't hurt you know you get Charlotte media uh, Charlotte airport all that stuff helps out too yeah and a lot of it's about the media coverage and really they get to double dip here they get the South Carolina media as well as the uh, Charlotte media coverage which uh, North Carolina is always a key state so that'll be important to them as well very cool so um, you got thrust into this giant event happening here um, y'all y'all made it happen actually and um, you're on your first year you're having a lot of your departments pretty much everything looked at I guess yeah. being assessed a lot of listening um, is there any um, I guess you know this is premature but is there a vision forming that the public uh, can kind of like a singularity a simple vision that's forming in all this so far are we not there yet probably not there yet but I I mean I do have thoughts but I don't want to get yeah, yeah, too yeah. far ahead of the process yeah. but I, I mean there are certain themes that I'm hearing consistently so as I'm listening to people my mind keeps running different kind of one sentence is this is Winthrop yeah. things keep going through my mind but I think it'll take a little time and, and probably a lot more input from people a little bit more creative than me to come okay. up with what will that be one sentence be but I think I have some sense of what it will be about very cool very cool and I know y'all created a new uh, marketing directorship position yeah. over at he actually was, uh, we replaced uh, the marketing director that we oh, had, okay. so it wasn't a new position, but we put a new person into the gotcha. role, so we're excited yeah. about that. Very cool. Actually, we worked with uh, with her, the the person you hired um, over at Piedmont Medical Center, and, yeah. and had a great time, so yeah, yeah very cool. Um, so anything else that you'd like to share about uh, what you have going on at Winthrop or what the community needs to know or yeah. the broader community? Well, I think one of the things that's important to us as we go through this strategic planning process and one of the things I talked with the committee about was making sure we re reach out widely for input and that includes not just alumni but really anybody who's in the area who has some perspective on this is where I think Winthrop should be going. We want to gather as much of that as possible on the front end and then towards the back end once we say here's what we think our five or ten priorities are going to be um, having people then review those and give us input on that. So I think there'll be two opportunities for input, and the more input we get, the better. Um, I've always been a believer, the more people we listen to, the better ideas we'll come up with at the end. So is there are there mechanisms currently to provide that input? That's what they're working on right now. Oh. So I think it'll be, uh, there'll probably be a combination of both where they can just simply go on the web and you know provide information or feedback that way, as well as some public outreach also. So. Very cool, very cool. Um, anything else you want to share about um, your perspectives on, on the downtown and the revitalization and how that affects Winthrop and its future or anything else? Yeah, I mean, I think that the whole development of the community is, is really beneficial to, the, to our institution and, and particularly given the proximity of the Knowledge Park area and the downtown. Um, that has a huge impact for us. And so I'm, I'm very optimistic, I think, about that things will go forward in a positive direction. I think we have enough commitment now at this point. Um, it's just a matter of, I don't know exactly what it'll look like, and I don't think anybody does. And I think it's still one of those things that will evolve over time. But I think if it, if it develops well, um, I really think that'll be beneficial to us as an institution. I think there'll be more job opportunities in the area. I think there'll be more excitement around campus. Um, and it'll also help when we're recruiting students and just seeing this really nice, well-developed downtown, oh, yeah. and Knowledge Park area, all of that surrounding campus. Uh, it can't help. Uh, it, can't, it can do nothing but help us. Right. So. Amen. Well, this is a question I have asked every university or college president that I've had the yeah. opportunity to ask this question to, regardless of the forum, even if I just had to walk up to them on the street. Um, 
when you look at a, <clears throat> a university, when you look at the pressures from, you know, a um, maybe a fiscal conservatism uh, that is probably healthy and good in our in our community, but that um, looks at, you know, economic development. So how is education creating jobs? So jobs, jobs, jobs kind of perspective. So I hear often uh, university presidents in the position, and, and, it, and it's partly because the, the place, the venue that I hear them speak is usually a business, you know, chamber thing or a state economic development thing or something. So obviously they're speaking to the audience and the agenda, but it's almost like I feel like they're put in the position where they have to try to quantify the value of their institution, especially with the state funding issues that everybody deals with, um, based on kind of like uh, what what used to be more the technical college style metrics of like how many trade people got hired in the next. And so, and while there's plenty of amazing data that makes it easy for university presidents to do that, to demonstrate and quantify based on how many jobs they're creating or whatever. When do we realize that we're maybe losing the university as the kind of crib of our culture Mm -hmm. in the sense of kind of the liberal arts side of education, that people learn about religions and perspective and, and wisdom and experience in these types of institutions? Are we ever doing ourselves a disservice to try to quantify everything into jobs and do you feel those pressures oh absolutely i think in everything i've ever been in it's there's always this discussion even when i was an education dean um you know one of the things i always got hit with was you're producing too many early childhood teachers and they're not going to get jobs and and why are you doing this and it's like because they want to major in early child and that's their passion and and i don't know which one of them will find jobs and which one of them won't in, in education but i also what i found was interesting is our perception sometimes of what leads to employment and what doesn't doesn't always match the data and actually early childhood was the second lowest unemployment rate of any major in the country to nursing and that was a study that came out of george washington university yeah so this whole idea that we were producing early childhood teachers who were unemployable just was not bared out by the data and and so where some of the professional programs where people say well they're getting a professional degree and they'll go into that profession and had much higher unemployment rates and so again it's that trying to create uh, correct some of those misperceptions Uh, and and i think the value of reinforcing the value of the liberal arts education is one of the things you have to do all the time and i try to do that even with business people you know you keep telling me you want people who can communicate you want people who think critically you want people who solve problems the major sometimes is less important than having those skill sets and 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 actually employers say that and, and that's really one of the things that Winthrop, we do very well. And I think that's what a lot of liberal arts education uh, does very well, is focus on those types of skills. And so it, sometimes we look at them as two different things, um, when really both of those things are important. Getting some practical experience combined with uh, having those well-rounded skills will develop you well for the rest of your life. You no, know, I agree. I taught ninth grade English for four years. And <clears throat> um, just being who I am, my first year in, I wrote this, like, thesis that I took to the central office about how we should completely revamp public education. <laughs> they were like, uh, maybe you should just go back to work. But, um, but the idea was that English, the language, and the ability to use it, um, the ability to think, articulate, write, uh, you know, share ideas, craft ideas, 
is not just one of our subjects. Right. It is the main medium by which we, you know, experience, communicate, and function. And so, there should be this, I believe, this critical and core focus on the ability to communicate, articulate, form ideas, document ideas, you know, all that stuff while you're, whatever you're learning about. Right. You know, so, and that's kind of happens in the sense of that you're describing, like, you have your major, but really what you're learning is all these other skills, like how to have five different bosses in the same semester, you know, <laughs> how to have, you know, different timelines. Like, you're learning all these things that are replicatable in other environments. And, and so I, I agree with you that those two planes are happening. But I do, again, want to emphasize that there's a third plane here, which is just that if our citizenry is not exposed to other cultures and other religions and other, then there's more war in the future. You know what I mean, yeah. I mean I, does that ring true at all? I think so, but it's also when you get exposed to those other cultures, that also helps with all of that skill development. So, again, I think that's part of, I mean, part of the problem solving, part of the critical thinking. If I live in a silo with only people who are like me and I don't have that exposure, I'm not going to develop those skills the same way. You know, some of my problem solving skills probably came from moments where I was put into situations where I was around people different than me. I've taught overseas. I've been in different situations where... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You taught overseas where? Uh, Athens, Greece. Really? Yes. You left that out of our journey through your past. Yeah, well, it was. It, I, I did this when I was at Louisville, and I, I used to go for um, two weeks, uh, once or twice a year, and I would teach a class during the two-week period, so we kind of condensed the class down Very to a two-week cool. period, but I had to deal with students from an entirely different culture. They were... Um, very different types of students. The Greek students question you on everything. Yeah, right. uh, they're, they're much more argumentative. Right? <laughs> they are argumentative, which was great. It yeah. made for their fantastic learning environment. But I had to then adjust to that, and I had to adjust my style. I had to, you know, kind of figure that out. And and those things are valuable when you're yeah. put into that new situation. And um, so I, I found that experience to be really valuable to me. And I think that's again some of what we try to do in the education process is expose you to different religions, different cultures. You know, giving you a more global perspective, and that will help develop those skills as well. So I think they, again, go well together. Absolutely. Now, Winthrop has a large uh, international population, right? I mean, decent size. Yeah, yeah, I think it's one of the areas where I would like this to grow a little bit okay. more. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it's small, then it's at least um, well-known, because I yeah. feel like people think y'all have a large yeah, <laughs> international yeah. population. Yeah. I'm not saying it's small, but it's not. Um, I would like to see it be a little bit bigger. That was yeah. one of the areas when I was at Kent. By the time we left, we were probably a little, on the Kent campus, about 11 12% international. Wow. And we're not even uh, more than that outside of South Carolina right, and Winthrop. Yeah. So, yeah, I know we're not anywhere near that. But that it really changed the um, campus. Yeah. And, and, and just all the things we had to figure out, too. Yeah. Now we had a huge number of students who ate different foods, and how do we right, deal with yeah. that from a food uh, service uh, standpoint? There was a lot of things we had to adjust to. Yeah. So, well, how, how do you find that um, colleges are participating in kind of an extended adolescence? People call it, yeah. To for good or bad or indifferent or I don't know. I mean, I, is it still? I mean, I hear people. Some people say, "Oh, well, you know." People can just go and kind of, you know, buy those four years of just kind of like not having to really become an adult that can be in a microcosm. And I know it's a socioeconomic thing, but even with loans and stuff, even if you don't have the socioeconomic means, a lot of times you can just fund yourself to a certain extent for a certain amount of years. I mean, do you see that the kind of the student loans and maybe um, 
uh, I don't know if soci- how soci- socioeconomics plays into it, but this whole idea of the extended adolescent owned another someone else's bill, and then you kind of get in and try to pay back, or, or do you see that as a problem? You know, I, I think um, I never saw it as a problem necessarily. I, I saw it more as an opportunity to explore and, and learn a little bit more about yourself and prepare yourself to be in the real world, but. I think part of what we try to do now, more so than probably when I was in school, is an increase in the number of people doing internships, um, real-world learning experiences they're going through, which gives them at least some balance of not just being completely secluded. Yeah. You know, when I was an undergraduate student, for the most part, you know, we didn't do any of that during the school year. I was just taking classes, yeah. and and I was involved in a lot of student activities, but I really was within the university and not outside as much as I think our students are today. So I think they're getting more of that exposure. Well, we have two of your students yeah. um, working through the pipeline program, and if I can just say the so the city has this program where they're um, finding interns from Winthrop, York Technical College, and Clinton College, um, and companies can hire them, um, and the city has a grant to match what we pay the intern up to $5. So we can pay them $10 an hour, and the city will pay five, and we pay five. And they work with folks at your institution and the other institutions and find us the right people, and it's just been fantastic. We've got two people, a developer, and a social media person, and we're going to be hiring the social media person full-time when she graduates in December. That's great. And that's you know, when internships work best is it's beneficial to the student. They get experience, but it's also an opportunity for the organizations to test somebody out. And, oh, yeah. and we used to see this all the time in, um, when I was an education dean. I mean, student teaching for the school's standpoint was it was both an opportunity for the student to get experience, but they also were kind of doing it. It's a long interview. It, exactly. We yeah. ran a program for a while called The Hive where we worked with a lot of students from Winthrop one night. And um, that's exactly what it is because you can be real impressed with somebody in an interview yeah. and a resume. And then, you know, two months in, you're thinking, I made a huge mistake hiring this person. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you get to work with them and see their patterns, their work ethic right. and everything, you really get, yeah, it's great. Yeah, great and, and I'm hoping as Knowledge Park and this area develops even more, there'll be more of those opportunities for our students um, to do have that type of experience. and to work closely with the organizations that come here. Well, we very much appreciate you taking the time to come join us. Uh, I know you have a big week, big gig that you've landed here in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and uh, we appreciate you being here. The democratic stuff, you know, regardless of your uh, political persuasion, whatever it might be, it is a big deal yeah. that they are coming here, and um, thank you guys for bringing them. And um, are there any last words you'd like to to say here. Yeah, just I think we're, we're really excited, my family and I, to be in, in Rock Hill and at Winthrop University. I think there's, this is a fantastic community. It's a great university. There's so many things that we do well as an institution. Um, we t- got to tell our story better. We got to get out and do some things, but um, this is a great place to be. Great. Well, we're glad you're here, and uh, I guess, Micah, any last words from Silent Micah? Dang, well said. Very poignant. Um, I guess we'll see you guys next week on Old Town New World.